Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 3rd of June 2022 for the wrestling wrap up. It's a handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. We've got a number of things we're going to talk about like what the heck's going on with MJF and all this stuff. Uh, a Monday Night Raw superstar who was just recently moved to Raw being moved back to SmackDown. What happened to Jeff Hardy? At Double or Nothing, Thunder Rosa was sent home this week, and so much more. But with that, it's the Wrestling Wrap-Up, exclusively right here on twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. If you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below, or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, you have Amazon Prime. You take that Prime account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom. You're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games. It gives you free stuff for games. And why did my Twitch just glitch out? It gives you free stuff for games. And it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited, right here. And remember, it doesn't even have to be your Twitch, uh, your Amazon Prime account. It can be anybody's Amazon Prime account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, your dog walker, your mailman, your landlord, your best friend's sister, your best friend's sister's husband's mom, anybody you know. They got Amazon Prime, you say, hey, can I borrow your Amazon Prime account? I'm going to link it to my Twitch account. Not going to cost you anything extra, but I will then be able to to support a great creator on Twitch. And I'd greatly appreciate it if that was me that you wanted to support on Twitch. Also, on the flip side, if you're watching later on YouTube or if you're just always watching us on YouTube, whatever, we're not live there with the show. But if you are watching on YouTube and you want early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more, well, you can hit that join button below to become a channel member. You can also get all the same benefits over at patreon.com forward slash Unlimited. Today, we will be putting up our Hell in a Cell graphics. I knew I said I was going to have them up yesterday, but I had a lot of things on my plate yesterday that I didn't expect to be doing, so I didn't get much work done. Also, had an issue with when I went to save out all the files together. They didn't save properly in the same folder, so that didn't work right. But I will have those up today, and, well, you'll be getting my in-your-house graphics, which I thoroughly think are really, like, I love my in-your-house graphics. I know I'm, I'm probably biased about that, but I think my in-your-house graphics that I created is probably some of the best I've done in quite a while. I will be giving those to you guys as well today, both the Photoshop, well, Yes, both the Photoshop and the After Effects file. It was mostly done in After Effects because of all the motion stuff in there. So you'll see that there as well. Today, you'll get both the Hell in a Cell and the In Your House graphics that you are allowed to use. We just ask if, well, you give credit to us that you got the graphic package from us here at PW Unlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over there and buy something, whether that is a new game, whether that is an old game, whether that is Bucks or claiming the free game gonna ask you if you have a creator code and you do pw unlimited pw unlimited 
Use that code at checkout, and you will be supporting us right here. Again, whether you're buying a new game like Sifu, an old game like Grand Theft Auto V, claiming one of the free games, which I think the free games, I don't even know what the free games are right now, or you're getting bucks for Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rocket League, well, you're going to be able to use this code and support us, PW Unlimited. But with that, We've got a bunch to talk about. Also, what is the free games right now on the Epic Game Store? I have it opened up right here. Free games, free games, free games. Wolfenstein, the new order. Wolfenstein, the new order is the free game. I'm going to claim that right now. That went free yesterday. Great game. Played it on PlayStation, but hey, why not play it again? Use code PWUNLIMITED. Why did it not want to go? Use code PWUNLIMITED. Even when you're claiming the free game, you will be supporting us right here. But with that, we've got stuff to talk about. And the first thing we're going to talk about, well, has to do with MJF. As a lot went down with MJF, not just on Double or Nothing, not just on Dynamite, but since Dynamite as well. So let's go all the way back to Friday. Friday, we heard, well, MJF's still unhappy with AEW. We go, yeah, we know that. Then Saturday, word comes, word comes out that MJF no-showed his scheduled meet-and-greet appearance. And we go, whoa, wait, what? He no-showed his meet-and-greet? Why? What happened there? Then there was a report that there was a flight booked for MJF. And it was supposed to be him leaving Vegas for Newark, New Jersey, late, late, late Saturday night. It was a red-eye flight. Sunday comes. We're halfway through the day. It's being reported. MJF not in the building. MJF has not been seen today. But MJF did not get on the airplane Saturday night. So MJF shows up in the first match on the main card of the pay-per-view, does his match with Wardlow, gets 10 power bombs, and then stretchered out of the building. It was then reported that MJF showed up maybe 30 minutes before his match and left immediately following his match. Then we had word that MJF stuck around in Vegas and had a meeting with Tony Khan Monday. Don't know what the meeting was as far as how it went. Then it was reported on Tuesday, MJF has been spotted at LAX. LAX, or LA, is where Dynamite is this week. Is MJF actually... Excuse me, is MJF actually going to be on the show? Because coming out of Double or Nothing, it was noted how the stretcher job was to write MJ off off television for the next couple of weeks as he was going to get pulled from the road. Obviously, that didn't happen. Then we got the infamous promo on, on Wednesday. MJF cut the promo, calling Tony Khan a mark, saying all he likes to do is hoard his money and then give it to his ex-WWE guys. And then MJF says, if I was an ex-WWE guy, would you pay me more? He then said, um, Tony Khan's in the back running this company, but he really should be sitting over on the other side of the guardrail with you marks. He then said, fire me. I fucking dare you fucking fire me or something along those lines. He said, fucking fire me. Well, then yesterday, things started to get very interesting. It was first put out there and first realized that Shop AEW pulled everything MJF. All merch, his shop store, you can't search for him, nothing. Then we go and look. He's pulled from the roster page. MJF, not on the roster page. Then we go and look at their Twitter and their YouTube, AEWs. No references of uh, MJF being on Dynamite. 
the promo from Dynamite, never uploaded to YouTube. The tweets about him being on Dynamite deleted that same night. Then here's the other thing. As a member of the media, we have an app that is connecting us to AEW as far as images do go. Throughout the week, when things get announced, they'll send us promotional images and videos and say, hey, would you mind, uh, you know, posting these on your social media to help hype up Dynamite and Rampage? And so, you know, sometimes we post them, sometimes we don't. It's not like an obligation or anything, but they ask. They say, hey, can you post this, blah, 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 blah. But then Thursdays after Dynamite, Saturdays, sometimes Sunday because the weekend gets a little, you know, people don't want to work. Sometimes Sundays, sometimes Mondays, they post photos from Dynamite, from Rampage, and Mondays, we always get from the pay-per-view. All the photos from the pay-per-view. You know how WWE posts their 40-something photos? Or check out the high-quality images from last night's Raw, or tonight's Raw, or tonight's SmackDown, or tonight's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, you know? Well, AEW does that, but doesn't do it publicly on their website. They do it through the app that we have that connects them with media, and then they say, here, Here's all the photos. You can use them. Everything from Wednesday's Dynamite was uploaded. And I can even... If I can get this video to play for you guys. No, it's not going to work right. Actually, it might. Hold on. Everything from this week's Dynamite was uploaded. Ooh, maybe I can... Give me one second. I'm going to try something, guys. Everything from this week's Dynamite was uploaded to, like, photos from every match and every... In-ring segment, because they never, just like WWE, they don't take pictures backstage and post those. WWE doesn't either. But the one omission was MJF. Nothing of MJF was actually posted on the app. And let's see if I can get the app to load right here. Let me see. Boom, 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 boom. Work. This stream, this stream. So let me show you guys. It'll work. I think it might. All right, let's do this. This. Oh, maybe that's not going to work. You know what? You can see my background. I got nothing to hide here. Um, why is that not wanting to go? There we go. Okay. So, you guys see this app. And if we go here and click AW on TNT, it's going to show us all the pictures that they released for AEW Dynamite. But if we scroll through them, this is only a mobile app, so you guys know. Scroll through them, you got stuff, you know, you got Miro, Tanahashi, Johnny Elite, Anthony Bowens here, CM Punk, more Tanahashi, Wardlow, Athena, William Regal saying blood and guts. You got all this. But no photos of MJF, as you see. No photos at all of MJF, which is very, very interesting, in my opinion, that they left him out, that they didn't upload and distribute any photos of MJF from Dynamite. Now also, ooh, 
Give me one second. I never looked. I know they had them. Um... Okay, hold on. I never looked if they had the MJF photos from. They had some. Um... See if they maybe removed the dy the double or nothing photos or not. Because I know they had them on Monday. Could have removed them. Let me look really fast here on my phone. Let's see. Uh, Anarchy in the arena. They usually post them in order, so let's keep going. Martha Hart, Small Joe, Adam Cole, Julia Hart, Stokely, Wardlow. All the MJF photos are still there from Double or Nothing, but no MJF photos. From Dynamite, which is interesting that they didn't upload those. They didn't upload the segment to their YouTube. They did have some tweets saying MJF is here to a chorus of booze and MJF. There's one other one during the promo and then those were taken down. Then today it was realized that AEW, the official AEW account, no longer follows MJF. Also, in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter... Dave Meltzer wrote that AEW's plan was for MJF on Wednesday to cut a heel promo, then have his mic cut off midway through with the idea that the segment was, quote, unplanned and he was out of control. So the first, oh, let me finish reading this real fast. The promo was reportedly supposed to resemble Brian Pillman's work shoot promo from WCW in the mid-90s. However, MJF spoke for nearly nine minutes before the mic was eventually cut, which was reportedly not the plan. Furthermore, MJF, was wildly cheered by the fans at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles, especially during the end of the promo, particularly while talking about, quote, ex-WWE guys who could not lace his boots. Now, here's my thing. If they wanted this to feel unscripted, if this, they wanted this to feel unplanned, then they should not have announced, MJF will be on the show. We will hear from MJF tonight. That should not have gotten announced. If they wanted this show or this segment, MJF's promo, to feel unplanned, unscripted. Because saying, oh, we've allotted MJF time on the show tonight. I don't know, two, three hours before the show went on the air? Maybe a little bit more than that. But hours before the show went on the air? Means it was planned. Means it's gonna feel scripted-ish. So that was the one thing that I took away from Meltzer's in, uh, report was that if you guys wanted this to feel unscripted, if you guys wanted this to feel real and a shoot then you shouldn't have announced MJF will be on the show tonight and then after the punk match MJF will be up next it should have just been stop you, you have punk and Tanahashi you go to commercial and when you come back you have um, JR or Excalibur or even Tony Schiavone going alright next up on AEW Dynamite we've got the match of and then all of a sudden MJF's music plays or MJF just comes out and goes hey I got something I need to get off my chest you know he should have cut off commentary. And it, it, it shouldn't have been. MJF is coming up next. That's my one thing. Of if they wanted it to feel like he went crazy, he was out of control, and this was all unplanned, then they shouldn't have told us, A, he's going to even be on the show, and B, that you know his segment's next. I think, and I know the segment did fantastic in the ratings, I think it could have the show overall could have done better if we didn't know that MJF was going to be on it. 
that everyone would have tuned in intrigued of what are they going to say about MJF? What are they going to do with the MJF stuff? And I would have kept him to the end. Yeah, Moxley versus Garcia was a great main event match and they never, I don't remember the last time, I can't say never because they probably have, but I don't remember the last time a match didn't close Dynamite other than like a match and then a quick, like they've done matches and quick two minute segment after that accompanying the match, like it plays into the match. But they've never done like a nine-minute talking segment or ten-minute talking segment to close an episode of Dynamite. But that is what Meltzer wrote about this week's show. That it was supposed to feel unplanned. It was supposed to feel like, you know, he was out of control. And also, Meltzer did note that the whole thing, and you probably don't know about this. Some do, some don't. CM Punk. So, MJF segment ends. They cut his mic. They cut the black. They go to commercial. Well, Punk then comes down in front of the live crowd. And MJF notices Punk slowly walking out and says, I don't want anything to do with this. He jumps to the barricade, leaves. Meltzer uh, confirmed that CM Punk sprinting down to the ring during the co commercial break to confront, confront MJF was part of AEW's plan. MJF, of course, ran away through the crowd, and his promo was never acknowledged for the rest of the show. It was part of the plan, maybe. CM Punk defends the title at All Out against MJF. They build MJF up. To be the next challenger for the actual belt? I don't know. But the one thing I do know is this promo and the way that they everyone was talking about MJF and, and all that really diminished Wardlow because, well, MJF got all the talk after the match and on Dynamite, and Wardlow ain't doing nothing different. Wardlow is still just squashing guys in, like, three-minute matches like he was doing before. Wardlow feels no different, and that's not good for... Oh, Wardlow is now all elite. Wardlow going to get this big Goldberg push, and yeah. But that is everything we do know as of right now, as it pertains to MJF and what's going on with him. We really don't know a lot. We don't know everything, and there's still a lot of intrigue and a lot of questions. But speaking of AEW and moving forward, we got to talk about the AEW Women's World Champion, Thunder Rosa. Apparently, Thunder Rosa has been sent home from the road, and we have a little info on why she was not on Dynamite. On Thursday, what culture actually reported that AEW Women's World Champion had, quote, become frustrated with how little she has been on screen, quote, since, in, since becoming the champion, including this past Wednesday on Dynamite, where there was no mention of her title defense against Serena Deva, double or nothing. Now, an update to that. Uh, from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer does write that Rosa was actually booked for a segment on Dynamite, but left the Kia Forum in Los Angeles early due to an illness. Several of her friends were also reportedly ill and left along with her. The Observer echoes PW Insider's report from Thursday, which noted that Thunder Rosa was sent home due to an illness. Rosa reportedly attended the tapings in LA, but wasn't feeling well and therefore was sent home to uh, convalesce by the AW medical staff. The report also confirms that Rosa didn't suffer an injury during her match at Double or Nothing. Then yesterday, Thunder Rosa sent out the following tweet. Let me pull it up here on the screen. Thunder Rosa did end up tweeting out, quote, I will be off my socials for a couple of days. 
please contact my media director for any inquiries. Alan Orozco will be on Busted Open Radio tomorrow, which would have been today. I haven't heard anything from her Busted Open segment. I don't know how it went, what they talked about, what, what. But Thunder Rosa came down with some sort of an illness. We don't know exactly what the illness actually is, but she was sent home early as far as, you know, not being on Dynamite and now not being on tonight's Rampage. We'll see what that all means, hopefully in the future. Again, I don't know what she did or did not say on her Busted Open thing, but she was supposed to be on Busted Open earlier today. In keeping with AEW, and speaking of an injury, though, according to Matt, Matt Hardy, that is, his brother Jeff was knocked out early on in their match at Double or Nothing. Well, this past weekend's Double or Nothing pay-per-view, many viewers noticed that Jeff Hardy looked a little out of it during their tag team match, his tag team match with his brother against the Young Bucks. On the latest edition of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast, Matt stated the following quote uh, about Jeff and the pay-per-view uh, stating, quote, I was happy with the match, especially considering very early on in the match, Jeff was almost knocked out. He got hurt pretty bad. That's why uh, That's why he was pulled from the match on, in Los Angeles, obviously. So he, uh, so he was kind of running on fumes going through the match. So he held up his end of the bargain pretty good in the big scheme of things. Now, basically, Matt would go on to state, Yes, Jeff was basically knocked out and doesn't really remember most of the match, which is not good. And we don't know exactly if, uh, you know, Jeff is dealing with a concussion or whatnot. That was not stated, but this is why Jeff was pulled from the 10-man tag on Dynamite this past Wednesday, just to give him more time to recover from nearly being knocked out in the match against the Young Bucks. Also, we don't know exactly what spot would have caused this either. But according to Matt, he and the Young Bucks were able to keep things on track and, well, thought that their experience in the ring was pretty good. Jeff or Matt also said, quote, Jeff doesn't remember the match at all after that happened. It was literally just a vessel being given directions throughout the match to kind of do what he was supposed to do. So considering he got really knocked loopy terribly at some point early in the match, he still did pretty good. If you look at the Swanton, he does on the stairs. He still does it perfectly. So here's to Jeff Hardy kind of just being there, being kind of out of it, but still being able to pull off the rest of that match. And that is why he was kind of loopy a little bit. So hopefully Jeff Hardy can recover pretty quickly and is back in action sooner rather than later. And in our last story that has to do with AEW talent, got to talk about Samoa Joe. And the cool TV role that Samoa Joe has actually landed. According to a new report from Deadline, Samoa Joe has landed one of the biggest roles on the upcoming Twisted Metal series. Coming to Peacock. Now, if you are unaware, Twisted Metal is a video game on PlayStation. It is a PlayStation exclusive where a bunch of just crazy people get into cars and try to destroy each other. It's like the ultimate demolition derby with motorcycles and tanks and ice cream trucks and rockets and bombs and grenades and, you know, bullets and so forth. Twisted Metal, awesome. One of the coolest things about Twisted Metal back in the day, especially Twisted Metal 4, was you can take the game out of your PlayStation, put it in your boombox, and it'll play the the, um, soundtrack. Literally, it'll play the soundtrack. 
off the same disc that you would put in your PlayStation, which is always really cool. But Mojo has actually landed the role of Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth in basically Twisted Metal is the main character. Now in the show, Anthony Mackie will be playing the main character, not Sweet Tooth, but the main character of somebody that gets put into the Twisted Metal tournament. That's how the show is going to be. You got Anthony Mackie's character who ends up having to compete in Twisted Metal. But in lore of Twisted Metal, Sweet Tooth was always the top guy. The most badass ice cream man, I guess you can call him. Yet, the role is going to be a little interesting for Samojo as he is sharing the role with Will Arnett. You may know Will Arnett from Arrested Development. He was the voice of Lego Batman. He also hosted uh, Lego Masters for Fox over the last couple of years. But Mojo will actually be doing all the on-screen work as Sweet Tooth with Will Arnett providing the voice of Sweet Tooth. So that's going to be very interesting. And the easy way to get around this is, well, Sweet Tooth wears a mask. If you don't know what Sweet Tooth looks like, well, let me show you. Because Mojo... No offense, not trying to be, you know, say Smojo's fat or anything, but got the perfect body to play Sweet Tooth. If we pull up this image here of Sweet Tooth, let's go. Uh, let me find a good one. Here you go. Sweet Tooth, the Sweet Tooth, um, what's it called? Statue. So this is Sweet Tooth, if you are unaware. And if you look at it, Mojo, body-wise, fits the build perfectly for Sweet Tooth. I think Smojo will do great in this role. This isn't the only acting role Smojo's got going on right now as well. He is also playing... Who is it? Uh... He is voicing King Shark in the upcoming Suicide Squad game. That's what it is. He's voicing King Shark in Suicide Squad, but Smojo will be playing um, will be playing Sweet Tooth in the upcoming Twisted Metal series for Peacock. But he's only going to be doing the physical stuff on camera, as Will Arnett will be providing the voice. My only thing is, I just hope Will Arnett just doesn't rehash his Lego Batman voice. I don't know exactly how he's going to play the Sweet Tooth role. The Sweet Tooth has got that. Hey. I'm going to come get you. Like, almost similar to, to Batman and how Will Arnett did the Lego Batman voice, but not quite the same. So, I think this is going to be very cool, very interesting. And I can't wait to see how Samojo does look. And also, the other thing. They've announced a number of um, people for this show. But we don't know. Hold on. Um... At the end of April, then it was reported that the show was going to start filming soon. Now it's June, so we don't know how soon soon is, but it looks like this past week they may have written Samojo off of television injuring his shoulder because they did a thing after Double or Nothing where he was asked about his shoulder and then he was attacked by Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, and Jay Lethal, further injuring the shoulder. So could that have been a way to write Samoa Joe off so he can go? film twisted metal we don't know you know how much of the show joe's gonna be in but if he's playing sweet tooth there's a good chance he's in a significant amount of this show because as i stated game lore sweet tooth is the biggest character there is 
There's no bigger character in Twisted Metal game lore than Sweet Tooth. And as far as the show does go, all we know is Anthony Mackie's character. If you don't know Anthony Mackie, Anthony Mackie is the Falcon and now Captain America from the Marvel MCU. Anthony Mackie's character is supposed to be somebody that ends up getting put into the Twisted Metal tournament. And the show centers around him having to face all these guys in the tournament. This should be very interesting and a very fun show as Sony is really ramping up bringing a lot of their, I guess you could say, PlayStation IP into the medium of television and movies. But going forward, let's talk about some GCW and some ag- accusations that they had, well, created some fake COVID tests. Recently, GCW has been accused of falsifying COVID-19 tests for its wrestlers during the pandemic. Now, GCW owner Brett Lauderdale is addressing those allegations in an interview with Business of the Business podcast, as Lauderdale stated, quote, This is somebody who's throwing a lot of shit at the wall. And again, I want to be careful of how I respond to this because I don't want to engage in this. And also because some of the things that were said were borderline on, there could be legal implications of some of this. So I prefer to disengage in this and let's see what happens. I've talked to people from a legal aspect that have advised me to approach it a certain way. So I don't want to give too much credence to this. You know what I mean? Other than to say, I'm proud of my record during COVID and the pandemic. The proof is in the pudding. Pretty public, everything we do. So I'll let you, I'll leave it at that. Now the original accusations do come from Ron, Dirty Ron McDonald, alleging that he created over 50 fake COVID tests for Brett Lauderdale and some of his guys in GCW. But here's the thing. If they were creating fake COVID tests throughout the pandemic, then why did we get more than a few times Oh, so-and-so's been pulled from GCW because of COVID. So-and-so's been pulled from GCW because of COVID. So-and-so's been pulled from GCW because of COVID. Like, if they were faking COVID tests, so that way they always had positives, then people wouldn't have got pulled from the dang shows, you dummy. So that right there shows us, oh, yeah, these are all just false accusations. So... Again, just like when the accusations first came out, Brett Lauderdale basically like, I've been advised not to speak on this. Legally, talk to my lawyer. But before we keep going, I do want to talk about the sponsor of this podcast, and that is Manscaped. Support for Pro Wrestling Unlimited is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they've just released the new and improved Lawnmower 4.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this thing is premium, I mean it's premium. I've used it myself, and with the new and improved battery, it gives you a 90-minute shave. I know you don't need 90 minutes, but you don't have to rush. You could take your time, and not having to rush means, again, not accidentally nicking anything. Also, one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates the grooming area for an even closer and more precise trim. 
They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud with this intelligently newly designed stand with a rapid charging dock powered by USB. This thing, I will say, will change your life when it comes to your balls, whether you are the one touching your balls, you got someone else touching your balls, or so forth. Well, hey, not going to be hairy and easier to deal with. Your junk will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code PWUNLIMITED at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWUNLIMITED at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped when you use the code PWUNLIMITED. As we move forward, four more stories to talk about. Let's talk about with, well, the man that was talked about maybe the most coming out of this week's Monday Night Raw, the former Curtis Axel, who is now working as a producer for WWE. Curtis Axel, for the last month to month and a half, has been working as a producer for WWE. He's been on a trial run backstage, helping produce matches and whatnot, and this week, we actually saw him on screen breaking up the brawl between Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Well, according to Dave Meltzer, in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Meltzer says that the third-generation wrestler is officially in WWE as a producer. Sounds like he's now officially been hired and no longer on a trial run. Report just comes days, like I stated, after he was spotted on this week's Monday Night Raw. Well, that is cool to hear. That, uh, what's his real name again? Oh, it's slipping my mind. Joe Hennig. Joe Hennig, the former Curtis Axel, or former, if you want to go even farther back, Michael McGillicuddy, is back with WWE under the role of a producer helping out with matches on both Raw and SmackDown, and now seeming like he is in a full-time role in the company doing so. So that's awesome to hear. He is still in professional wrestling. He's not wrestling himself, but he's able to still contribute to the business just in a different way. We don't know how this came together. I know Fightful first reported this like six weeks ago, but we don't know how this all came together. If it was his idea to become a producer and he came to them, if they came to him and said, would you like to do this? So cool that he is now official as a producer backstage. Speaking of somebody that's been gone from WWE and some think may be able to come back, that's the Garganos, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. According to Dave Meltzer, in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, it's expected that the former NXT stars, both Johnny and Candice, will be ready to return to professional wrestling sometime soon. And some are even under the belief that AEW could be pushing to bring in Candice LeRae. Now, this isn't a big surprise, as Meltzer writes, as LeRae has a long history with a lot of different people in AEW, especially the Young Bucks. LeRae and the Bucks were rivals in pro wrestling guerrilla in the early 2000s, well, late 2000s and early 2010s, when she was teaming with Joey Ryan against the Young Bucks in multiple, multiple tag team and multi-person matches in PWG that went down as historic PWG matches. Uh, the biggest one was from 2014 when Larray defeated the Bucks in a bloody guerrilla warfare match to become one half of the PWG tag team champions. In the past, both Matt and Nick have actually named Larray as the, as the female talent that they would love to sign from WWE, like the most 
that they would the talent the female that they would want to sign over anybody that's currently in wwe they've said that over the last couple of years pertaining to bringing people into aew as far as gargano is concerned Meltzer noted that the former nxt champion has an open door with wwe but speculating but speculated that the promotion may not be the ideal landing spot for one of nxt's biggest names they state uh, he states that there's also speculation that AEW uh, may also not be the ideal spot for him either, and that maybe that roster on the men's side is too loaded for somebody like Johnny Gargano, who could get lost in the shuffle. And a perfect example, and this is me going off on my own, is Adam Cole. Yes, Adam Cole, a challenge for the world title. Yes, Adam Cole won the Owen. But then all at the same time, it's like Adam Cole has gotten some success in AEW, but at the same time, he's also seemed like just another guy in AEW. And because they have so many male superstars, well, superstars, that's WWE, male wrestlers, a lot of the male guys in that company just seem like another guy. So that's why Meltzer states that, you know, WWE may, may, may not be the right place for him because he's not going to want to work NXT 2.0 because that's not NXT to him and what NXT was when he was there. Main roster, we've seen what they've done with Ciampa. Have hardly anything. And then in AEW, he could just get lost in the shuffle. So it will be an interesting summer to see what Johnny and Candice do. If we think about when Candice gave birth, she gave birth in February. April, May, June, July. Maybe August. End of July, August. Five months or so after giving birth. We can see Candice back doing something in professional wrestling. I think five months after giving birth is... A good time period to want to come back. Ronda Rousey did it in about four to five. So we know it's possible. Speaking of other people that are no longer in WWE, we got to talk about, well, the former Malcolm Bivens, who is, again, Stokely Hathaway now in All Elite Wrestling as well. We know he turned down signing a new contract with WWE. We have another, we have a little more info on that contract itself as Dave Meltzer wrote the following in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. He says, quote, Before his WWE release, Hathaway was offered a deal by WWE that not only would have extended his contract and moved him to the main roster, but would have bumped his pay to $250,000 a year. The report states that that came out shortly after Hathaway's release, which stated that Hathaway had been offered a new contract and that he said he wasn't going to sign it and was ready to leave the company Hence why he was in the last round of releases. And the big thing is, you can go, why would he turn down $250,000? Well, you never know what money means to certain people. You never know how much is a little or a lot of money to certain people. Yes, it's more than he was making in WWE. I don't know what he's now making in AEW. I don't know if it's comparable. I don't know if it's more. I don't know if it's less. But there was a reason he didn't want to stay in WWE, and that money number was not something that I could have persuaded him to want to stick around because it was very well known, and I'm going to have to sneeze here. In a it was very well known backstage that he wasn't re-signing. That when his contract was up, supposedly at the end of the year, early beginning next year, he was ready to go. He was ready to leave. And finally, got a SmackDown wrestler who was just recently moved to Raw. 
who is going to be moved back to SmackDown. Why do I not have the correct link here? Give me one second to refine this. Here we go. So according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, and I just lost the link again. What the? Here we go. According to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, Johnson does report that Lacey Evans, who was recently moved from SmackDown to Raw, is currently backstage at tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. They were told that internally, the plan for her is to drop the intended babyface run that was envisioned for her, I guess you could say, on Raw, and have her become a heel back on SmackDown. And we don't know if she's officially getting moved back to SmackDown, but why else would she be at SmackDown tonight? She did not appear on this week's Monday Night Raw, so that leads more to the credence of, okay, she wasn't on Raw this week. She was supposed to wrestle on Raw this week. And now she's a SmackDown. So has she been moved to SmackDown? That's how it seems. So it seems like Lacey Evans was going to be brought back on SmackDown, then moved to Monday Night Raw, and now back on the blue brand on Friday nights. We'll follow this story very closely and see exactly what's going to go down with Lacey Evans. But with that, that, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up the wrap-up. That is all the news that we have to talk about. But before we get going, I do want to give you the quick preview for tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. Let me... We have three things. Actually, WWE literally, two minutes ago, sent out the preview email. As we have two things announced for... Three things, three things announced for tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. First off, we do know that Madcap Moss will return tonight with payback in mind. Unhappy Corbin. Well, yeah, he, I guess he's still happy Corbin. Also, there will be a women's six-pack challenge to determine who will challenge Ronda Rousey next for the WWE or for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yet, it doesn't say where they're going to get their opportunity. As WWE listened to this, WWE wrote the following, which is very interesting. There's a six-pack challenge to determine Ronda Rousey's next challenger for the SmackDown Women's Championship. As the, various, as the various volatile elements of a very heated SmackDown women's locker room boil over, Raquel Rodriguez, Aaliyah, Shayna Baszler, Natalia, Shotzi, and Zaya Lee will compete in a six-pack challenge to see who can win the right to challenge SmackDown women's champion Ronda Rousey. Anything goes and anything can happen when six of SmackDown's most sensational superstars compete for the opportunity to knock the baddest woman on, on the planet off the top of the mountain tonight. They do not state where that title match will actually take place, whether that is at Hell in a Cell this Sunday, or if that is going to be on an upcoming episode of SmackDown, or Money in the Bank in June. And finally, the tag titles on the line. This match should have been a pay-per-view match, but they're doing it tonight on SmackDown. It is the Usos defending the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships against Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura. So with that, those are the only three things so far been announced for tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. So with that, guys, that's it. That's the wrestling wrap-up. That's all I got for you here on Friday. I want to thank everybody that joined me right here, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, or everybody that watched later on youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or listened on podcast platforms all around the world. 
who will be live tonight, Friday Night SmackDown. We'll be talking about all that show. Maybe we'll get into some Rampage stuff. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to watch that. I don't even know what time that show starts. Is it at its normal start time or is hockey preempting it? Let's check really fast. TNT schedule. TNT schedule. What time is Rampage? Ba -ba -ba. Rampage is back to its normally scheduled time, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. But I don't think we'll be talking about that tonight on the pay on the review just friday night smackdown so with that guys have a great rest of your friday have a great weekend i'll see you next time have a good one guys